1: Life.com.
0: Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is. And
1: Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to
0: talk about I'm Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And this is episode 204 of said podcast, Two Blokes Talking Tech. My name Trevor Long from EFTM.com.au. And joining me each. And every week here on Two Blokes Talking Tech is the other bloke talking tech, Stephen Fenwick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mates.
1: G'day, Trevor. Good to be with you once again.
0: Mate, uh, there is a fair bit to talk about, uh, as always. We are doing it thanks to the good people at Netgear. Netgear.com.au. I'll tell you about them shortly, but let's get cracking. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Now, we were both at CES. We both saw the wonderful new range of televisions coming from Samsung, But one of the big questions really is which ones specifically will come to Australia? How much will they be and when? Uh, and you went along to a gala event uh, last evening uh, here in Sydney uh, where Samsung unveiled the pricing and availability for actually three things. And this is quite interesting. You've got your ultra high definition TVs. Then you've got your, then they're the series seven. Then you've got your series eight and series nine UHD, and that's that fancy S that no one knows what it means but it means it's special and then they've also released a range of curved soundbars which is genius given that they've got these curved TVs coming out and you know the straight soundbars look pretty silly there soundbars from a thousand up to seventeen hundred ultra high definition TVs starting at a little over three grand for a 55 inch going up to 14 15 grand for an 85 inch um, but the S UHD, the special, the Samsung, the 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 stimulating uh, ultra high definition TVs range from a 55 inch at five thousand dollars to an 88 inch for
1: twenty five thousand dollars. Yep. uh, That S is an expensive edition, uh, (laughs) by the looks of it there. So, uh, and you're right, the S, no one knows actually what the S means. Is it the the same S that's been in the S6 Edge and S6 smartphones? Think about it, there is a Galaxy smartphone that doesn't have
0: the S, so maybe that's what
1: it is. Yes. Mm. It's an uh, it's an expensive S though, but so w- what those SUHD TVs are boasting, and this is what you're paying for, is the new screen technology which is, I think it's described as quantum dot technology where there's, between the backlight and the pixels is a layer of nanocrystals and they can both filter the, the light through to produce better colour uh, saturation a colour expression I think is what they the term they used, but it can also help block the light in, in Parts of the screen to create those black levels that that uh, that are uh, always sort of hard to produce on LED TVs, mm. but just makes it that little bit better on the S. And, and the blacks TV and the colour TV. are critical,
0: given LG's big push in OLED and and the the sensational colour that they produce. That's why they need yes. this S, basically well, to compete with OLED.
1: Absolutely right. Yeah, there wasn't a single OLED TV at the Samsung event. It's all LED. Uh their their new SUHD range. So they've gone down the quantum dot road. So no OLEDs at all at the not even the mention of the word at the Samsung event. Yeah, that was in contrast to LG who the bulk of their of their high-end TVs uh, are all uh, OLED, full uh, UHD OLED panels. But what what Samsung did, the event was actually they had this big pop-up pavilion uh, in Cockle Bay there, just in Darling Harbour, harbourside there, and uh, they had an area at the front where... Uh, they, they gave their presentation it was sort of meant to look like a bit of a you know asking questions they had this this actor dude that uh, you know asking questions of all the executives and stuff and going through trying to keep it very conversational then they took us all throughout room to room to show the first room was all about the design and, and these are really nicely very minimalist design really slim frames and uh, you know it's, Silver and ridged backs, and you know, designs uh, inspired by modern architecture, you know, all the, the, all that palaver they go through. Yeah. Then, then they took us into another area where the sort of the TV, the different parts of the TV were all explained. Then they took us into another room where there was a woman just because there was because the, of the sound they had a, a speaker that gives three sixty degree sound. They had a woman playing guitar in this really long room, and <laughs> everyone just sat either side on this room and listened to the speakers all changing from all different sides of the room. Then we went into another room. You know how, it's still, they, they, how they they show you the different colour how they, these TVs have got better colour expression. Yeah. So we were in a room. And they were handing out ponchos so to allow people to uh, throw paint bombs huh. at a white wall. <laughs> and they, were fil- they had a 4K camera trained on that wall and had a live feed to the new TV so you could see the comparison between the old TV and the new TV. So sure. that was a lot of fun. Pelting, so that's, and that's uh, a real-time bunch
0: of color and a real-time last year and this year TV. Is that kind of what they're showing?
1: Absolutely, yes, they yeah. were. So they were show- they had last year's model. Then they had this year's model side by side, so you can see the difference, the subtle differences in the colour. Yep. And uh, yeah, it was a, that was a bit of fun actually. throwing paint at a wall. A lot of, uh, I think I videoed it on my a bit Instagram. Bit of anger, get I out, mate. You let Instagram a bit of anger out night. on on the wall. I was did hoping you? to pelt the paint bom- bombs at certain people there, but you weren't
0: allowed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's those are some names we'll mention in our off
1: air podcast one day once. We... No, yeah. They... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then then it was sort of like a little maze, and then after that little station, then it was. In the big room where all the food and drink was and then all the tvs were all lined up around the room and the, the the samsung execs and pr people just worked the room and uh you know everyone was eating drinking and being merry around the new tvs so uh but now they've got a very impressive lineup you've got to remember samsung have been uh leading this market for up to i think about uh, they in their ninth year of uh being the number one manuf- tv manufacturer so, uh, it was, uh, it, it's a big day for them. This is, this isn't their annual event that they really, I think last year was at the Hoarded Pavilion. Yeah. Year before that was at the Star Casino. So they always make a big deal about, and it's, this. you know, it's There's vendors, retailers there, retailers there. So a lot of their important people that were there. Yeah. So this is their, their massive event, probably the biggest of the year that they have.
0: Very good. And, uh, and these curved, um, sound bars. I mean, that's a
1: genius idea, don't you reckon? Absolutely, yeah. Well, well, it was funny because the bulk of their of their lineup was curved. I don't know whether that was just what they were showing us, but a, a lot of the TVs were curved, and also, uh, of, obviously, UHD is is going to make up a massive part. Like I think. Most of their TV offerings. I think there will still be some full HD TVs that that will still be probably the oldest stock, or even some Series Six and below. So the, all they were talking was Ultra HD and how you know this is the the new the new wave, and how they were talking up. Netflix content. That was another thing they mentioned. That any new, any person buying a new uh, one of these TVs from the range will get free six month subscription to Netflix. They were also mentioning, and this was interesting. I I was interested hearing this about. Remember, remember, last year's TVs had football mode. Yes. Where it could record the game and because it could detect when when the crowd crowds up, That was a big thing leading up to the World Cup. It was a big thing
0: for the World Cup. They're bringing
1: an NRL mode in as well now. So you can record your your league games and it can then create a little highlights package in case you haven't got time to watch the whole game. So it'll be very interesting. I'll be definitely reviewing that one very closely when I get my TV to, to take a look at. Make sure
0: it's not when the uh, Eels play the Rabbitohs, mate. I wouldn't want you to watch the highlights of that, mate. It'd be <laughs> No,
1: mate. We, uh, the Cowboys, uh, that was a hard loss to watch the other night. But and anyway. what are your
0: thoughts on the pricing? I mean, I've got to be honest, oh, that's an expensive S. And even though I, I accept the quality is better, I accept the, the pitch is better, yeah. I still have that thing where you're only taking one TV home. You're not putting this year's and last year's together. So it feels yes, like I a agree. lot of money.
1: Yeah, I think well, all, they really had to mark the SUHD as obviously being the premium product, and the 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 only way, the the most visible way they can do that, apart from the product itself, is by the price. So it, yeah. it's it's the it, it is it is quite a difference. Like you, you look you look in sort of like for like, we're talking the difference of, of four thousand dollars. In slow, so like if you if you look at the fifty five inch fifty five inch UHD compared to the fifty five inch. SUHD, which we're talking, uh, that's only like $1,800. But you, you go up to say the 78-inch the SUHD is $20,000. The 78-inch 78, 78 normal UHD is 11000 That's $8,000 difference. So uh, $9,000 difference, I should say. So it, it is, I don't think the new TV is actually $9,000 better than the old one. Yeah. You could you could buy probably two other TVs with that extra 9000 for your other rooms. Yeah, that's right. So... Yeah, they're they recommended retail. I don't think. Oh, I think once they hit retail, they're gonna they're gonna come down those prices. I I'd, I'd say by the end of the year, they would be. I reckon a third of that price would be gone. Which I reckon that that's how much they're going to erode I, this year. I always but, wonder why um, people
0: buy them first yeah. as soon as they hit retail. It's it's almost lunacy. Yeah. Good luck to them. And,
1: and look, yeah, you know, the the UHD TVs are excellent. Like last year's TV was really good as well. Mm. I, I think um the that. The, the, the people will be, be happy paying getting a 2014 model cheap but look Samsung they want to lead the way this is the way they think they're going to do it and you know there, there'll be customers that want to pay $25,000 for that TV it is a beautiful television I, yeah. I sat in front of it quite a while last night it is a beautiful TV uh, whether or not people the, the, whether or not there are many people willing to pay $25,000 for it is yet to be seen
0: alright read all about the pricing and uh, and the, the models themselves at au. Two Blokes
1: Talking Tech. You're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, Symantec uh, normally they uh, every quarter they normally put out their online threat report, which and and being a company like Symantec, which is literally on the cutting edge of, of of internet defense and internet security, and they're seeing every which way that cyber criminals and hackers are acting on, on the on the internet, and it is alarming though when. A line out of their report says that it's not a matter of if, but when you'll be attacked. That that, that before you think, oh, you, you've got to be unlucky, or or maybe someone who hasn't installed the latest version of software to be targeted. But the the way that this report is is outlining the latest threats it it is quite alarming how there there are these new ways that these cyber criminals have evolved their their strategies to target victims um couple of couple of ways we'll discuss tonight is the one is ransomware and the other is through your social media feed now uh the ransomware which a, a lot of people think well now nah, this is the only stuff you see in movies ransomware is where a hacker can actually get into your computer and encrypt your whole system or, or certain files of your system mm. and then send you a message say right if you want to un- if you want the key to 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 get into your own files again Pay me $500. Yep. So they're literally holding your computer to ransom. Isn't that frightening? Incredible.
0: And the worst thing is they, they are so smart that they're targeting businesses. So businesses yeah. are the people that, that value their data more than anyone because, you know, your financial data, your client data, whatever it is. You know, you target a mum or dad at home and you got to hope they've got some photos that they really don't want to lose, um, in their, in their, in their data. But you target a business and they almost half. To, to pay up and the other big risk is you can't guarantee if you pay up you're going to get your data back so it's yeah, the number one yeah, dude, reason c- cyber criminals aren't the normally very trustworthy that's right <laughs> it's the number one expect? reason to both be protected with you know something like Symantec norton and also to have solid backups and redundancy because if you've got a backup you know what you do you say screw you cyber criminal you format yeah, right, c yeah. drive and I'll start all up. over again
1: absolutely right yeah but that that, that, that if that isn't frightening in itself The other, the other thing, and I think we've discussed it in the past, we've, we've seen, uh, cyber criminals also targeting your social media feed. So what they're doing is they're, they're trying to lure people or fooling people into thinking there's this great deal to be had, pass it on to all your friends and family and get them to share it with their friends and family. But that's a scam as well, where they're just trying to capture your details. I think my best examples I can remember from from uh, the last couple of months was I think there was one floating around about Qantas and free flights Bunnings. and frequent flyer miles and Bunnings, uh, the free voucher for Bunnings. Do you remember those? Yeah, it was just ridiculous. I
0: mean, this is one of those times where I stand up and go, okay, I'll be the tech nerd that you're here on the radio and everything. I'm going to say to you, all my Facebook friends here, it's a scam. You know, you, you, yeah. you if you click on that link, it doesn't it doesn't actually do anything. Obvious, but when you click on that. That link and you say you know like or whatever it is, you're giving them your details because they can read from Facebook your date of birth, possibly your suburb, certainly your name, and those are two of the keys to your identity. That's what they want. They're building yeah. a database. Database Very
1: shrewd. Isn't it shrewd how they're, they're going about things? And, and the other thing that, that the report mentions, and we've obviously re- mentioned the Internet of Things and how devices connected to each other, connected to the Internet, making our lives and homes smarter, you know, wearable devices and all, all this interconnectivity that is is i think the next frontier for devices that uh, you know the, the devices that you're wearing devices in your on your home network they were saying that a lot, uh, the report mentioned that 52% of mobile health apps that are linked to wearable devices don't have a privacy policy wow. so that it can, that your your personal data could get out could be shared like logins passwords information about yourself so uh, another thing that we really need to keep an eye on, uh, you know, as, as people are pressing OK to, to get this app to work with their wearable, mm. they're just signing away all their all their rights and giving away their privacy at the same time. It's, it's unbelievable. It's frightening stuff, and you can read all about Symantec's
0: online uh, report at techguide.com.au. I feel like I'm losing my voice just as we speak here. It's outrageous. Now, um, I've had the chance in the last uh, week and a half to drive a couple of cars that have actually quite impressed me on several levels, which we'll talk about. But Mate, you wouldn't—you wouldn't be able to tell. You haven't told many people about it. It's very important to share these things on on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter everywhere possible. And I visited a lot of people yesterday. Um I'm sure you did. The yeah. the first one was was an, uh, was quite a shock to me. I went down to Canberra um, to look at the new Land Rover Discovery Sport. Now this is, you know, it's just a, it's an off-roader, it's a small luxury SUV. Um, I was impressed with the pricing. It's 55 grand, which is good for a luxury kind of SUV. But then they're running through the the features and all the motoring journos are making notes of the kilowatts and the torque and all this. And they go, and obviously it can be a five-seater or a seven-seater because you can option an extra two seats. And they go, there's a USB port for every occupant. So if you've got a seven-seater, and this is a small seven-seater, so it's fantastic, and you've got kids in the back, every child can be charging their device. And mate, uh-huh. I've not heard of that in any car before, and I so, think
1: so. Is it is it just so it's just a charging device, yes, charging port, or can just, you sort of connect your iPad to a screen or your your iPhone to a screen and share you know, like you can on a planes? On purely, for you can
0: purely for charging, purely for it's charging. It's a five watt, yeah. you know, full full power charging port now there's a couple of a couple of the ports are for integrating with the entertainment system up front yeah but for the kids in the back it's just there for charging because you're going you're going on a trip and the kids devices are low you're in trouble um i thought that was Absolutely. brilliant and and you know among anything it, it was it was a good little car but really cool feature and I hopefully that kind of concept of actually serving people with usb which is critical you think about it, it's in all planes as you said uh yeah comes to more and more cars but then this week i picked up and and as Stephen rightly points out, if you follow me on Twitter, you, you know this already. Um, I picked up a Rolls Royce. Now when and they Instagram, Instagram yeah. too,
1: don't forget and that Facebook. one.
0: Mate. And Facebook. Um, and on the website, there's like six articles on the website. Um, the <laughs> yeah. uh, the uh, when the, when they said, "Do you want to drive this car?" I went, "Yes." I mean, who's ever said no? And I looked Did it you up. Say, oh, let me think. You yeah. let me think. <laughs> <Yeah>. Ah, yes. <laughs> um, it's it's a Rolls Royce Ghost Series Two. Now the sticker price for that is five hundred and forty five thousand dollars, and I was nervous as all hell. But then I rock up to the to the Rolls Royce dealership down in near, near the airport in Alexandria. And they sit me down and they, they hand over a bunch of paperwork I had to sign. But also, one of them was the list of options. They're fitted to the car. Because these cars are not about buying them off the shelf. They're about designing and building a car. So it's called bespoke. And yep. you build a bespoke car. The options fitted to this car, which I won't list, took the roll, roll-away, roll drive-away price to $747,000 wow. and That's change. That's two,
1: over $200,000 worth of add-ons.
0: Yes, yes. I mean, it's ridiculous. Wow. So. All well and good, you know, Rolls-Royce is owned by BMW, a lot of the infotainment stuff was BMW, but forget all that. There's two things in this motor vehicle that made me really interested and make me think about, you know, five and ten years down the track when they filter down through other cars, and some of these things are in things like Mercedes and BMW also, but the first one is like a satellite predictive predictive, uh, kind of driver assist. So even if you're not navigating from A to B, but you're on a country road, you're going 100, and there's actually a bit of a turn coming up that you don't kind of know about... The nav knows it's coming. The nav will slow you down. So not the nav, but the satellite linked to the car, linked to the, you know, smarts of the car go, he's going a bit fast with this corner. I'm going to pull him up a bit. And so it pulls you up. You're going over a big hill, it'll pull you up because, you know, the the, the, the descent is huge. So there's that. But then I pressed the night vision button, and this thing has forward-looking infrared. And what it did was bring up a small kind of black-and-white display on the dash, and... (laughs) And that, Are you sure James Bond didn't drive this car before you, mate? Mate, I was looking for the button to you know launch the missiles, but it wasn't the missiles there. And the the oil slick, the um. <laughs> so the forward-looking infrared, black and white image, and when there's like a car, the underside of the car is all white, so I assume like heat. And then yeah. when there's someone walking along the side of the road, that they're, they're detected not only in in bright white for heat, but then the system, the software, this is the technology, highlights the person in yellow, so they stand out like. Dogs balls, and you can't miss them, right? So you're
1: driving along, and in fact, you did see some dogs balls, didn't you? That's you right. A little dog, one of a, a little
0: dog ran past. I could not see that dog out my windscreen. I swear, but it, it was on the wow. infrared. And then I looked up and went, "Oh my god, there it is! There." You're driving down the road. The headlights are on, and even though I can't see the people walking on the side of the road, the car can. And you think about so countries
1: live, so you're seeing this live as you're driving, real time. That, that's not distracting. It's, it is real time. It is
0: distracting, but the point is that it does. You don't have to watch it because what it does yeah. is because it's detecting things, it can actually alert you in the head-up display, and then it will actually like if someone was to dart out in front of me, run out in front of me, and because it knows it's not a you know bouncing ball, it's a human being because it can detect them, yeah. it actually will break for you. So, wow. mate, I mean, I just went. This is like this is not in a mazda today but down the track this is the kind of stuff that will be in cars and it isn't hard Mm. to imagine you know five and ten years away having this kind of technology in you know more of the common man car so absolutely
1: what what about the uh, i know obviously the finish of the car it's obviously high quality car but Mm. what what about the 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 tech specs like what was it was it did it have a really big screen inside was it a touch screen like give us some of the the nerdy details mate so
0: critically the the screen inside was very similar to a bmw 7 series it's kind of like a 21 by 9 um, uh, aspect wide screen but probably about um, uh, 12 or, or 15 inches because of the 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 width of it not the height in the back there's two uh, tw- 10 or 11 inch um, screens for for infotainment none of them though Stephen a touch screen and do you know why? Because none in a of Ro- them are touchscreen. In a Rolls Royce, one does not have fingerprints. Okay? <laughs> one one uses yeah. the the instinctive iDrive, uh, or, or uh, uh, I think they call it the Spirit of Ecstasy controller, which is the name of the little little bird on the front of the, the
1: thing, um, yeah. to control your entertainment experience. But but it, but you think about it though, I think that's a good thing because you don't want to be sort of reaching forward oh, to totally, totally. touching a screen. You want to have this, the controller. By Mate, your side, so you're not making an effort.
0: This thing has eight buttons, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, underneath the kind con- in the middle of the dash. And normally you think about those as being presets for the radio. Best feature, uh, hands down, outside of you know, kind of night vision. The fact that they're they're not they're not anything specific. They're basically a macro for whatever you like. So button number oh, one yeah. can be call Stephen. Button number two can be call Amanda. Now, she's not listening, so she doesn't know she's number two. It's not a Seinfeld
1: She So she got number two yeah. after me. Wow. Button
0: number three could be navigate home. Button number four could be play my favorite playlist. Okay. So the you can presets set- presets you
1: can put in there. Yeah, absolutely. little
0: macros for anything in the car. Very cool stuff. Um, uh, You know, as I said, it is out of reach of everyone, including me. Um, It was beautiful to drive. Uh, We've got a bunch of little stories going up on EFTM. One is, uh, Bowen's just published a full test drive. I've done one because I took the kids. I had one day off this week uh, because Amanda was at work, so I had to look after the kids. It was the one day I had the bloody car in full. So, mate, I put car seats in it. Car seats (laughs) in a Rolls Royce.
1: Pretty sure and, that's and the first did, time that's been done. But they had doors. I noticed the doors are shut by themselves. Do mm. they open by themselves too?
0: No, they don't. You open them. one. Opens the door for a for a
1: guest. One but opens when, the door. Yes. When
0: you when you're sitting in the back seat, there's a button on the on the pillar near the window that you can press to have the door shut for you. It just it just. But none just of this
1: reaching out and shutting no, the door. No, one does
0: not reach out for the door handle, Stephen. I one. noticed, too, that they, it opens kind
1: of, what do they call that, like suicide doors? They that do, right? Well, they they they,
0: open... it's interesting. that The distinction of a suicide door is one that has to be opened kind of second before the front door, but these ones are independent. But, yes, they open yeah. out on each other like they call them a coach door. So, anyway. Yes. We, we, we digress or heavily royal. into Royal motoring uh, experiences, but uh, if you want to read more about the Rolls-Royce Ghost Series 2 and my experience with it, I'd happily let you read eftm.com.au. Two blokes
1: talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen
0: Fenwick. And we do it all thanks to the good people at netgear, netgear.com.au and uh, one thing you have to check out is you have to jump into a JB Hi-Fi store or other participating retail and check out the Arlo Smart Home Security Camera System from Netgear. This is, uh, this was a CES Innovation Award winner. You can get a, a two-camera, one-camera, or three-camera system, and then you can add more cameras as you go along. Uh, I've got two cameras in the house, one out the front, one here in the man cave, so that uh, if anyone comes in here, I can tell, I can see what they're touching because it's constantly cloud-connected. It's 100% wire-free, so it's battery-operated and wireless. There is nothing to do other than sit it on the wall on on one of its little mounts. It's uh, it's very, very cool, and it's constantly cloud-connected so that every movement during the periods of time that you want um, can be stored and saved in the cloud for you to access either on the web or on your mobile phone or mobile device. It is so easy to use, so easy to set up. Once you've got the kit, uh, it's free to have the cloud storage. You can upgrade to have more cloud storage, and you can add more cameras. It is the best home security system you will find in terms of cameras that give you that cloud connectivity and remote viewing experience. You won't find anything better, and we both have full reviews at uh, techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au, and, of course, you can check it out at netgear.com.au. So the Worldwide Developers Conference, uh, Apple's big uh, big conference they have every year to uh, basically, not woo, but actually involve developers in in what they are doing, um, what what's happening in the world of development. It's, it's a place where developers can have workshops and learn about development and improve their own ideas and innovations, see the latest innovations from other developers. Um, that's been announced as kicking off on the 8th of June in San Francisco at the Moscone West The interesting thing I took out of it, having seen this story on a couple of websites, Stephen, they've banned the selfie stick.
1: So they don't want the st- they, they don't they want people walking around stick with have selfie got sticks. Got an iPhone on the end of it, or well, is it all selfie you know what? sticks? It actually
0: says it actually says no photography or, or video allowed. So it kind of goes against the whole shot with iPhone six philosophy. But you know, I think they they want to create a, an environment where it's about you know learning, it's about um, engaging, yeah. not about snapping photos of celebrities. Not a tourist to attraction, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not a tourist event. This is a this is a conference where you're meant to be doing work and getting stuff done. So yeah, interesting that they've literally. been... Banned the selfie stick as part of the uh, the terms and conditions of entry, but um, uh, I mean it's funny how that's the thing that's reported. But really, this is a pretty big and important day
1: or, or event yeah.
0: over a couple of days for, for Apple, where they have people from you know over sixty countries sometimes.
1: Absolutely, yeah, I've been to a few Dub uh, Dub DCs as they call them, uh, and it is it is the event where they do unveil the future of their their desktop system, so OS ten, and also their mobile operating system iOS. Usually where, what are we up to? They'll probably talk about iOS 9 uh, at this year's event, and Tim Cook normally kicks it off with a bit of a uh, update on what the company's been up to, how many tens of millions of phones and watches and everything that they would have sold by then, and then goes into uh, updates on the, uh, the operating systems themselves, some examples of the new features. Because you've got to remember, the, the the whole conference is full of developers who are creating apps that run on those actual systems. So they, they do get access to a lot of Apple engineers as technical sessions. So they've got access to all the, the, the features and capabilities of the new systems systems in because they they access the beta the betas of all of those systems as well so they can test them out on the day uh, from from that uh, Mm. the start of the conference but there is often a, uh, they have in the past snuck out a couple of new products as well. So everyone will be closely watching that. Sometimes Mac year. updates and, uh, and things
0: like that. But, you know, we've only just had the yeah. MacBook. So I don't know. Well,
1: years ago, I, I've been to WWDCs where I think I was there in 2009 and, and 2010, and they actually unveiled the new iPhones. Oh. So it was the iPhone 3GS, and I think 2010 was the iPhone 4 but obviously the the cycle has moved later in the year so that that's not going to be the case uh this time out although they have in recent years unveiled the macbook pro with retina display i think it was one recent release yep. they have there have been other little updates of uh, other ma- the laptops as well i think probably the macbook pro with retina maybe the 15 inch may get a refresh and announced it at this uh at worldwide developments conference as well be interesting to see because apple watch would have been out by a couple of months by then be interesting to see what sort of uh development uh offerings they're going to offer they're going to have there for, for for developers too, because they've already got the watch kit for, for uh, app developers there. Be interesting to see where that's going to go uh, in the next uh, in the next year or so.
0: And you know, all eyes will be on the event and Tim Cook's opening keynote because of the Apple Watch. Um, you know, April, May, June it's it's going to be a month and a few days of on sale time. So I am not sure he'll even mention numbers. I think. We'd be asking too much to expect a sales figure from from Apple in yeah. terms of quantities um, by that early stage. But
1: although well, the, they'll they be are they'll be wanting it, it. sold out of pre-orders. They're saying that already. the pre-orders are oh, already gone. Oh, for sure. No, on the, on day one, expect, if you order now, you're not going to get it till June. Yeah, no. On day
0: one, um, the, the Apple Watch edition with a with the metal band was still was already on June delivery. I mean, it was ridiculous. Uh, so I think they have a certain obviously um, production process and, and and delays. But you know, when you have a million orders uh you get a million orders what are you meant to do just just that's life that's what apple does i think
1: think it's a it's or I predict they're going to play, they're going to roll a video. They'll probably have a video of um, uh, some store openings, some new store openings, and they'll have a video of people trying on the watch, and they'll have maybe opening day where people are actually wearing the watch in the store. P- and he will highlight, them. in his opening intro, he will obviously highlight how
0: much money they've paid to developers, all that kind of stuff, but he'll also highlight yeah. Apple Watch apps big time. Because you've got to remember, that's Apple's big advantage over Samsung, Sony, Android Wear, whatever it is. They've got apps. I mean, Google um, Google Android Wear is good, but it just doesn't have as many apps already.
1: Yeah, I don't know whether we've, we've discussed this or whether I dreamt it or not, but I, I have read dreaming about and, me and have been reported in other places <laughs> that Android Wear. Uh, there's talk they're going to make it compatible to iOS. Mm. I think so that's a game Game your changer. your iPhone as well. Game changer because
0: you know we've both got a couple of Android Wear um, watches and they're excellent, but. They're useless to me as an iPhone user, and when you ignore, you know, 50% of the market, or or, or less, or more, whatever, whatever you care. But certainly, when you ignore the large percentage of people who have cash to buy the most lucrative smartphone on the market, the iPhone, um, and potentially looking for a smartwatch, you're crazy. So. You think about—it's yeah. definitely possible. I've had smartwatches, um, you know, from Casio and even our Garmins. You know, they show notifications from our um, smartphones, don't from they? IOS, so that's right. Yeah, you know,
1: Cartels watch the Alcatel One OneTouch smartwatch is going to be be able to pair, pair with both iOS and Android. I think it's a smart move on Google's part because Apple would never, ever let the Apple Watch work with Android. That's right. So there, here's a chance for, for Google to, to capture some more of the market. And you've got to remember, too, that uh, the... Not everyone can afford an Apple Watch. Apple Watches are, like, say, start at five hundred bucks, and not not everyone's going to have that kind of cash. And and obviously, the, the, they they only go up from there. So I think if people want to, they think, well, okay, I want to get a smart watch. Can't afford five hundred. Oh, hang on, I can buy a two fifty dollar LG or Sony, and it works with my iPhone. Happy day. So I if, think that that's a really smart move if they uh, end up going ahead with it. If I'm the boss of LG,
0: Sony, uh, Motorola, Lenovo, I'm yeah. saying, get me. Android Wear on iOS because I want to drive some sales. I want to sell some yeah. units. We, we can make these things cheap. Let's churn them out. So, whole stack yeah. happening. Uh, WWDC starts in June. Uh, you'll hear more about that with us and on TechGuy.com.au shortly on Two Blokes Talking Tech.
1: Well we've all uh, heard uh, and we've seen the the massive uptake of Netflix the uh subscription video on demand service uh, it has caused quite a ripple in the, not a ripple a wave here in Australia that we've been hanging out for so long it's finally here i think a lot of people they are getting a little bit of a a little bit of bill shock seeing how much data they're actually using with the service a lot of people don't realize that it does chew through data yeah. quite significantly but the good news is that there are some ISPs that are offering unmetered access to the Netflix service. So in other words, the data you use consuming your Netflix will not be counted against your monthly allowance. Mm. And uh, there are already ISPs like Ionet, among others, that are doing that uh, already. But from this Friday, Optus will join that, those uh, ISPs as well. Uh, this was, you'll remember when, when Netflix was announced, I think Optus had a deal where you can access it on your mobile devices uh, for free mm. but uh, they've in buried in the fine print down like almost out of sight was the fact that from April 17 the home broadband customers so we're talking cable and ADSL customers will be able to enjoy uh, unmetered access to Netflix as well which I think is a nice little surprise for customers
0: uh, totally and but what's really interesting to me mate is that Netflix despite all of the hype for Presto and Stan beforehand Mate, I've just scrolled through the iTunes App Store under Entertainment, and I can't see Stan or Presto in the top 80, but Netflix is number eight. Yeah. So, you know, they've really got a task on their hands to to dominate uh, a player who has such name recognition, such a market share. And it's, it's a big challenge, isn't
1: it? It is, and I think it is. Although Stan, I'm a fan of I'm a fan Massive of Stan. Fan of Stan yeah. There are there are some pretty cool programs on on those other services, but I think though people if people are obviously making the choice of Netflix is the one they see first, and it, it wouldn't surprise me if they're maybe going taking another service just to get those extra bunch of movies, extra bunch of TV shows as well. Um, but no, you're right. I think the the work is ahead of them for Stan and Presto uh, to to make a dent on this Netflix juggernaut that's just arrived in Australia no, and, and adding programs and, and keeping up uh, the, their, their new programs. We're going to get them at the same time as America, which is kind of what, what we, we've wanted all along, and they're finally delivering on that.
0: Well, if you're want to, if you an Optus customer and you love your Netflix, check out the story at uh, techguide.com.au. Two
1: Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long
0: and Stephen Fennick. Well, mate, it's that time of the week. You must deliver. People are expecting it. It's why they. Ca- it's, it's how we get our TSL up, mate. Our time spent listening—a radio term—we uh, get them yeah. through to the end here for the minute reviews. My, all my That's other brilliant. stuff during the show gibberish, but here we are. <laughs> we get to the end here, and you've got a cracking little uh, a doc from
1: Elgato. Elgato, yeah, the Thunderbolt 2 dock. Now, for those people who their their life is their laptop and they they take it with them everywhere. When they get back to their home or office, they like to plug it into a monitor, to an external hard drive, to a printer, speakers, the whole kit and caboodle. This dock makes that all possible at high speed with one cable. So this it's a hub that is pretty small footprint, only twenty centimeters long but can has got thunderbolt connections has got hdmi has got ethernet usb 3 so it connects all of those peripherals and allows you then to when you come back to your office or your home one connection to your laptop and then bang you're on you're on the screen or two screens it can support up to two two monitors uh, as well as having an external hard drive for your backups speakers for your music a keyboard all all of those, those peripherals and what i like about it is that uh, it, the, the, it comes with an Elgato piece of software that allows you this this dock utility software that allows you then because you know when you when you've got to remove all those peripherals you've got to eject like fifteen different things and 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 to remove the cable but this only allows you to you, this dock utility software allows you to do that all at once right. so that it is simply a one cable in one cable out uh, and that's all done for you the USB ports can also act as chargers as well so you can charge your devices got enough input. Uh, output sorry to recharge tablets as well. Uh, you can even uh, pipe your Ethernet connection through the uh, the the dock as well. The downside, it's not cheap it's 339.95 now the other competitor in the market i think belkin have a similar dock uh, i think it's even more expensive so these aren't cheap but boy the amount of convenience they can offer if that's sort of your computing life they do make it a lot easier but you do pay for that convenience 339.95 the elgato thunderbolt 2 dock check it out you? And the next device I'm using right now. Me too. Well, you know how you had the Rolls-Royce of cars? This is the Rolls-Royce of a computer mouse, the Logitech MX Master. Now, this is a mouse that is really takes precision to the next level. It, it allows, it's designed for the user who wants to really customise the experience to be able to have really precision, like if you're a graphic designer or a photo editor or whatever, you want that added bit of precision and comfort, then this is a mouse for you. Uh, it's hand-sculpted, so it's really comfortable uh, to, to hold, uh, very accurate to move around. Works on glass, which I think is fantastic. I, I, I do work in some areas where there are glass tables. You need to put a piece of paper to use a normal mouse. This works on glass no matter what. So that had a big tick for me. Uh, Has a really luxurious feel to it, really comfortable to use, and every button on it and every scroll wheel is customizable. So you've got a left and right button, scroll wheel in the middle, which is also a button. There's also a dedicated button on the top of it as well. There's a side scroll wheel Two buttons near the scroll wheel and then a button under your thumb as well. And they're all customizable. So you can customize. I've got my, my side wheel is to control the volume. That's my volume control of the computer. The bottom under my, under my thumb allows me to go into mission control to see all my apps that I'm using on my desktop. Uh, one of them's a back button when you're browsing on a web. So it really adds, it lets you customize the whole experience. Uh, it, it, it isn't cheap though. It, it does have a rechargeable battery on board so you can recharge it and once it's fully charged can run up to 40 days you can even charge it for four minutes and that'll give you a full day's worth if you're in a rush so that's not bad either but it is 149.95 but I think that it's money well spent. I think you pay for, 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 for quality. Logitech deliver that with the MX Master. This is a mouse like no other. If you're after the deluxe mouse, the MX Master is the one to go for from Logitech. One forty Couldn't
0: agree more. Check it out. Techguide.com.au. Two
1: blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long.
0: Once again, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Netgear, netgear netgear.com.au for their support. Thank you for joining us. Uh, You can have your say on anything in tonight's, today's, this morning's, this afternoon's show, whatever time you're listening, on the hashtag ZiggyZaggy on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Trevor Long. Stephen is at Stephen Fennick with a PH. And, of course, techguide.com.au for Stephen's yarn stories, articles, reviews, and other opining, as well as uh, my website, EFTM.com.au. Stephen, back next week. Yes, we will.
1: Great to be with you once again. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with
0: Trevor Long and Stephen